You're listening to the Be A Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 292. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, a master coach and ex-criminal prosecutor. I created Be A Better Lawyer podcast for driven lawyers like you who want more from life than sitting behind a desk. You've been playing by other people's rules. Those rules have left you overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and feeling like a hamster on a wheel. I've been there. I was doing everything people told me to do to be successful, working late nights, weekends, and trying to make everyone happy. So why wasn't I happy? And I wanted more in life. When was I going to find time to find and pursue that? Well, I did, and I'm sharing with you my secrets to living a happier and more fulfilling life. This podcast gives you a lifetime of wisdom, mindset principles, and bedrock strategies to give you unshakable confidence, more time to pursue your goals, a powerful sense of purpose to uplevel your life in law practice, and so much more. These are things we were never taught in law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, and how are you doing today? I am prepped and ready to go to an event tonight. I am enjoying the rain here in Sacramento, and I'm basically just feeling pretty chill right now. But I want to share something with you that I don't think many lawyers think about, and it's something that's been coming up a lot in my one-on-one sessions with lawyers. So I wanted to share something with you to help you really think through systems in your own practice. And when I say systems, they're kind of the hidden systems, the systems that we don't know that we need to make because we think of systems as things we need to do with case management software or different tasks that people do. And yeah, that could be true, but there are also systems that you probably don't even know that you need so that you can get your time back in your practice so you can begin feeling less overwhelmed. And really what we have to do is think methodically around what's happening in your practice and where you want your practice to go. Some of the objections that I hear from lawyers when we start talking about systems is, you know, I can't do that. It's not possible. Um, They don't know how, meaning my team doesn't know how to do that. I'm the only one who can do that. It's faster if I do that. I want to debunk all of these today. And I want to share with you that just about anything can be delegated. Just about anything can have a system to it. And when you begin systematizing these things, not only do you make your life easier, but you train your team up in a way where they become more confident, they become more competent, and they can take on more assignments from you. We lose out on really having and designing the team that we want when we don't actually put trust in them to do things. And we have to take responsibility for creating systems and then creating some follow-up. And I want to start here by just saying this is possible for you. It is 100% possible for you to do this. And I'm going to walk you through how to do it today. So whether or not you have your own practice or whether or not you are an attorney working for someone else, you're going to want to listen today because I have something here for everyone. 
Not only that, but I wanted to create something very special for this episode because this is key in your practice. I truly believe that you need to know this and you need to be implementing this. So I created the step-by-step playbook for creating effective and efficient systems. And you can download that at the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 292. It is going to walk you through step-by-step how you will begin thinking about systems in your practice. We're going to talk about it here today, but I wanted you to have something tangible that you could download, that you could print out, and that you would have the questions that I'm going to share with you all in one place, and then you can just begin implementing this quarter one next year, okay? This is doable. I wanted to make this as simple as possible for you, so make sure you download this guide. Go to dinacataldo.com forward slash 292 and download your step-by-step playbook for creating effective and efficient systems. It's pretty beautiful if I do say so myself. Okay. All right. Let's start with some of the examples that I see that you might not even believe that you can delegate but they are completely delegatable. You may not even believe that you can create a system for them. You can completely systematize these things. And I recently had a call with an attorney who said, you know, she really didn't want to delegate five cases that she's just been holding on to because she thinks these people are high maintenance and she doesn't really want to give them to her associates because she felt like that just wouldn't be fair to them. So what I asked her was, is to really clarify what she thought she did differently than her associates could do to help her clients, these five clients. And she thought about it and she said, well, I listened to them. I know the answers to these specific questions that they often ask me about finances and such and such. And I just know exactly what it is that they need. And I said, that's great why don't you train that to your associates? And she kind of had an epiphany where she realized that she could be writing down exactly what it was that she thought these clients needed, but not only these clients, but all of her clients. It wasn't just these five clients who had those questions. She was sure that there were other clients in her firm that her associates were already handling that might have similar questions. And she would be empowering her associates to take on all of these cases and feel really confident answering these kinds of questions by creating a training specifically around these questions. So we can, we're going to break this down and how you can discover where there are these hidden areas in your practice where they're taking up time. But I want to share with you with this particular instance, I asked her, how long are you spending each week with these five cases, with these five clients? And she said about five hours per week. That's five hours per week. That's 20 hours per month. And of course, she has big plans for her practice. She wants to spend more time working on her business than working in her business and spending those valuable 20 hours every single month on these cases that could otherwise be delegated was costing her not only monetarily, but also just in the the building of her team in the long term, because she's in this for the long term. Know that you too 
have these things in your practice where you can really be strengthening your team or strengthening yourself and the value of your own um your own value proposition within whatever firm, whatever organization you're working in. And let me share this with you. So I am working one-on-one with a, a client. She works for a large corporation. She does phone calls and gives advice on the phone all day long. And she has uh, certain requirements from her employer to be on the call about 30 minutes. Well, one of the things she has noticed is that she spent longer on the t- on the phone than she would like. Okay, so what we've been looking at is finding out, okay, what's going on? Why do you think this is happening? And of course, we've done a lot of mindset work on it. But what it came down to is once we went through the mindset work and we understood, okay, why is she spending time with them, right? Because that is something that you might want to look at no matter what system you're doing. She could then say, oh, wait a minute, what do I think could help me get down to the 30 minutes? So we got some some um, hypotheses around how she could get down to 30 minutes on a regular basis. And so she said, well, I've noticed that when I respond to a client and say, you know, I can speak with you for 30 minutes between this time and this time, that they're very conscious that I can only be with them for 30 minutes. I'm very clear about how much time I can spend with them. And then when I am listening to them at the beginning of the call and I let them express everything that they need to about the situation, then it's almost like I allow them to speak so much that it it um, allows me to, to then spend less time giving my advice because I have fewer questions to ask them. I just let them speak. And then at the end, I give my advice. So she had some hypotheses around how she could shorten these calls. And she noticed that this was effective. So she's beginning to implement this. She's beginning to see how she can make this work on a regular basis. Another part of the system is at the end of the call, maybe being a little uncomfortable and saying, I'm so sorry, I can't spend any more time on this right now, but I can schedule another call with you if you would like. So just knowing that it might be uncomfortable at the end, but then just saying, well, that's part of the system. That's part of the system I've devised, and that is going to help me achieve my goals. So notice you can really systematize any frustration, any problem that you're having in your practice, no matter your practice area. I want to give you a couple more examples. Um, I think I've given this example on the podcast before. I'm not sure. Maybe it was in a master class. But one of my clients, uh, we were talking and he said that he didn't really bill contemporaneously. And instead, what he was doing is he was waiting until the end of the month and spending a ton of time. It was 20 hours we calculated. And he was spending all of that time putting his piecing his time together and sending out bills. Well, he has employees. And so I asked him, I said, well, can you delegate any of this? And he said, no, I can't do any of it. They don't know how to do it. And I said, okay, well, what do you think they need to know? And so once we got there, he said, well, I mean, I guess they really just need to know the code entries. They need to know um, the price differences for the codes. They need to know um, 
when to send out the bills um, and just print them out. I mean, it's re- it's going to take me maybe 15 minutes to train them to do that. And once he realized that, he said, wait a minute, I've been doing this for so long. It's going to take me maybe 15 minutes to train them. Why have I been holding on to this? And so that was just one part of delegating that. The other part of that was the fear that something was going to fall through the cracks, right? That somebody wasn't going to get billed, that a bill wasn't going to get sent out, something like that. And so in order to address that, what we did is we created another system, which was just to say, okay, on my calendar, once a month, I'm going to go in and I'm going to check maybe 12 random files. I'm going to see how she did to make sure that she's doing it the way that I want her to. And then I can address those problems. I'll make a a weekly meeting with her just to check in. It could be like five minutes just to check in, see how she's doing. Notice that every problem that your brain comes up with has a solution when you calmly, methodically think about it. Where we run into trouble is when we listen to the voice in our head that says, we can't do it. It's impossible. There's no way they're going to learn how. I can't give that up. It's, it's, it's just not something I want to give up because fill in the blank. If we just listen to our brain and we believe everything that it says, we will never move ahead. We will never create systems. We will never delegate anything. And we will always feel the same way. You can't go to the next level by staying at the thinking of the level that you're at right now. So we've got to switch it up. We've got to really switch gears here and we've got to start looking at the different changes you can make in your practice, the things that you can give up, the things that you can streamline. Another example I want to give you is of an estate planning attorney that I work with. And she was saying that she felt overwhelmed. She felt like her calendar was completely unpredictable. Even though she had made huge strides in managing her time, she recognized that she still felt overwhelmed. She has a really bustling estate planning practice And she just felt like her calendar was just up in the air, like she didn't have any control over it. And so we went through what it was she was specifically concerned about. And she said, well, I don't feel like I have hard and fast deadlines for my estate plans when they're due. I don't feel like um, I'm giving myself enough time to get the estate plans done. And I'm having a hard time getting people in to sign so I can move the case along. So we just took these problems one by one. The first problem was, is that she had no hard and fast rule for when the estate plan was going to be done. So I just asked her, when do you want it to be done? And she said, well, I've been telling everybody two weeks. And I said, are you saying two weeks because you think that's when you're going to get it done or because that's when you think you should be getting it done? There's a difference right? Is that what you're saying because you think that's what your clients expect? Or are you doing it because it makes sense for your practice? So we actually talked about that and she started doing four weeks. I think she's actually up to six weeks now. She's telling her clients during the consult, I'll have this for you in six weeks. Okay. The next step we want to make sure that she does is she she started telling her clients up front, hey, let's set a signing date now and have it in the books, right? So you're giving your client expectations about where and when you're going to have the signing so that it's not up in the air so that you can keep it moving. Yeah, they might reschedule, but more likely than not, now that it's in the books, it's become solid because once it's in your calendar, it's real. 
So then she handled, she had a couple problems handled, right? Now she had a hard and fast rule for herself of when she was going to have the estate plan done. Then, and she could tell her clients that in the consult, then she could also plan the signing so she could start moving it along and make sure that her clients had that expectation too. And then three, what she did is she just made a notation in her calendar a few weeks before the estate plan was due to remind her to start the plan. That's it. And that made her life so much smoother. So when you start creating these kinds of systems, these hidden systems, the ones we're not even looking for, it starts to make everything easier. So I want to just walk you through some questions to start asking yourself so that you can begin finding these hidden areas that can have a system that will give you so much time back. And in a lot of cases, a lot of money. In my client's case where he was spending 20 hours a month on billing, you got to keep in mind his hourly billing rate was 325. So when you do the math on that, that's a huge amount of money every single year that he's flushing down the toilet by not delegating something like that. So the very first thing that you want to do is you want to ask yourself, where are your frustrations in your practice? It's such great fodder to find these little hidden areas of your practice. What's frustrating you? What really annoys you? What's happening in your practice that just seems impossible? I want you to write it all down. And then what you want to do is you want to look at your your frustrations and you want to do some math. And I know that so many lawyers tell me like, you know, I didn't get into law to do math, but you kind of were because if you don't have math, you can't make improvements. You've got to be able to do the math. The math will also allow you to prioritize what frustrations you want to address first with systems. So for example, let's say you have the frustration of um, you're saying maybe your intake staff isn't closing as many consults as you would like them to close. So how like, or, or let me, let me actually give you a different problem. So let's go back to, um, my client who's spending like 20 hours on billing. That would be his big frustration, right? How many hours per month does this take? It takes 20 hours. Well, multiply that number by 12. That's how much time you're spending on the problem. And then you're going to multiply that number, right, by your billable rate or estimate about how much money you're losing by not addressing this problem. Because when you see these solid numbers, your brain is gonna get on board with the fact that this needs to be addressed. So often we think we can do it later, that it's not really that big of a deal, but once you start seeing how big of a deal it is and how impactful having a system can be, then you are more likely to take charge of your practice and do it. So you want to do that for every single one of the frustrations you have in your practice. Now, if I were working with you one-on-one, I'd be able to like help you sift through this. I would just assume that everything can have a system. Maybe not, but for purposes of this exercise, just assume it because sometimes our brain can play tricks on us and tell us, you know, that's just not possible. You know, that, that we can't systematize that. So don't listen to your brain. Just play along here and do this exercise so that you can really sift out for yourself what you want to address and what can be addressed. So the next question you want to ask yourself for each one of the um, 
the problems that you saw, right? I have in the in the booklet in your play-by-play systems book, I have entries for nine problems. Okay. You might have more, you might have less. I hope you have less, but I put space in there for nine. You're not going to address all nine. You just want to pick maybe two or three that you really want to address. Those are the ones you're going to ask these following questions about because then you're going to prioritize out of those three. So one of your priorities, one of the frustrations that you have that you're prioritizing, you're going to ask yourself, what's already working? Right. So, for instance, with the estate plan example, you know, what was really working is she's already bringing people in. Her clients seem to really appreciate her. Um, they're very responsive. Um, but what wasn't working, which is the next question, is what's not working is, well, you know, they're just not setting up the uh the signings as quickly as I would like. They're not reaching out to me. Maybe they're not responsive to her in that moment. She's having a difficult time getting the signings on the days that she wants. So then the third question that you're going to ask yourself is what will you do differently? And this is where you hypothesize. So for her, she asked herself, okay, what do I think can can change this, can turn this around? Well, I will in my consults, let them know that we just book the signing right now and we put it in the calendar right now. So that way you're solving for that problem ahead of time. That's the system. So then you're just going to like play. Okay. You're going to take each of these two or three priorities, right? The ones that maybe are either the most frustrating and you just wish they would go away or the ones that are the most time consuming and are costing you the most money you're going to take those and you're going to play with creating some systems. Okay. So for instance, for the estate plan example, again, right now I'm having a consult. I'm telling my clients I'll have the project done in two weeks. And then I complete the projects in two weeks, but then I can't get a hold of them to do the signing. I feel overwhelmed and I have a lot of other projects going on and I need to move these projects. Okay, what I want is, and this is where you fill in the blank, I want a smooth practice where estate plans are moving and I'm not chasing down clients to book signings. I will help, and this is the next part, I will help myself and my staff achieve this by. So in this particular example, she's gonna achieve this by telling her client in the consult, when the signing is, she's also going to tell them further out that it's not just going to be two weeks, it's going to be maybe five or six weeks when it will be done. And then she's also going to communicate with her assistant. This is important. This is a step that so many lawyers skip up. So if you kind of tuned out, tune back in. When you implement any new system, inform your staff. Okay, your assistant especially needs to know because people are going to call her or him and they're going to have questions and she's not going to be able to answer them accurately if she doesn't have updated information. So make sure you're communicating with them and making sure that they can do what they need to do to help your practice run smoothly. Okay, the next thing that I want to offer to you is to really consider for those systems that you make that are going to be a little more involved, right? Like, so for example, um, I have a client who, the, the client who had some high maintenance 
Um, she thought they were high maintenance clients. They might be a little bit more involved. There's different topics she wants to make sure that her staff are informed on. So she's going to need to spend some time thinking about it, brainstorming on it. And so in the in the step-by-step playbook, I've given you space to do this math, but I want you to think about how long it's going to take you to brainstorm the training, do the checklist or the video or the in-person training, whatever it is that you decide you want to do, and then estimate how long it's going to take you to deliver that system. Because when you look at that number, you're really going to know right away if it's worth it for you. Most of the time it is, but just check in. Is it worth it to me to take on this project right now or should I be taking on a different problem? And I want you to really commit to when you're going to do this by. So commit to a date of when this is going to be completed, when the training is going to be given. And a note on these trainings. So while in-person is great, and I am all for that, I also believe that for the longevity of any business, you've got to have your systems in a book or in a video format, whatever checklist you're going to do. And you can listen back to my client, Allison Carr's episode. She really talks about the systems that she's created and like how she went about, you know, really creating some amazing teams. And it includes doing something in addition to the one-on-one training because your staff, I hate to say it, they're going to leave. Okay. They're going to leave and new people are going to come in. And you don't want to have to be reinventing the wheel for yourself. It's going to take up more time, more energy. So pay attention to this guide, download the playbook, and then take what you get from that and then make your system into something that's a hard copy, a checklist, a video, um, a, a book, right? Whatever it is that you need, some kind of online folder with the information that they need. You can always do the in-person part two, but have something that's hard copy so they're not always coming to you asking questions. You can refer them to the source document that has the answers to all of their questions. All right, my friend. So remember, go to dinacataldo.com forward slash 292 and download your step-by-step playbook for creating effective and efficient systems. And if you want to continue this work with me one-on-one, book a strategy session with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Bye-bye.